Yeah, if you're not trying to take down a tree man with a pocket knife, essentially, then you're fine. Hello and welcome to Dice Like Ice, episode 36. I'm your host, Tony Acton, and with me, as always, the flick to my Schwartz, Andrew Mitchell. That's some kind of Christmas elf thing, I'm not remembering off the top of my head. Uh, Ralphie Parker, Christmas Story. Ah, okay. Uh, Schwartz and Flick were his two buddies when I got his tongue stuck to the fucking pole. Yep, yep, yep. So, for being a movie I've seen a million, billion times, I've never actually seen it in one sitting, because it was always on in the mm. background on TBS for Christmas. That movie is a weird, just, jumble of scenes in my head, because I have seen the whole movie several times, just never in one sitting. Yeah, I don't, if somebody put all of the scenes in front of me, I do not think I could put them in the proper order. Yeah, I literally, like, the only one off the top of my head I know is towards the later half of the movie is when he gets the BB gun, spoilers for, like, a 90-year-old movie, uh, and almost shoots his eye out. <laughs> I honestly thought it was older than that. Yeah, 750 years old, like I said. Yeah. Just like us. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, well, Man. the only thing to make us feel better for being so decrepit, Tony, is our sponsors. Grip and rip. Come on. This top did not want to come off. There we go. Got it. Oh. I hope the mic picked that up, because not only did it, my, my cap clatter on the floor, it then rolled across the room. <laughs> uh, I don't think the mic actually picked up my, my crisp gripping and ripping. Uh, but if it didn't, there you go, everybody, just in case. There you go. What, what you drinking, Andrew? Well, it tis the season, Tony, so I did pick up a goofy uh, Christmas beer. So That's I got... Got a got a, a, a podcast favorite at Southern Tier Brewing Company with two Xmas spiced double ale. Ale brewed with orange peels, ginger root, cardamom, cinnamon, fig paste, and cloves. Nice. What's your ABV? I on can it? really I can really taste the ginger on that one. Ooh, that is uh punchy. <clears throat> uh percent. So not not crazy, but also, you know, two of these will start making you feel a bit funky. Yeah, um, we got real similar beers this time, bud. Oh, yeah? What'd you get? I got Hoppin' Frog Brewery out of Ohio. Their Frosted Frog Christmas Ale, brewed with spices, cinnamon, ginger, and nutmeg. The essence of Christmas is captured in the very can you were holding. Perfectly blended spices complement Frosted Frog's rich malt flavors, creating the ultimate Christmas experience. That's a pretty fucking tall order. Celebrate the holidays as you savor this special offering. It's an 8.6. Hey, you win this time. Oh, yeah, that's that's a lot of ginger. Holy shit. Yeah, this one, uh, I, I would not guess that it had fig paste in it because uh, the ginger is overriding everything else. There's a little yeah. bit of cinnamon on the aftertaste, but all the other flavors are lost. Yeah, this definitely tastes like somebody just uh, liquefied an entire family of gingerbread men and put it in a fucking can. That's pretty much exactly what i was thinking but mine's oh. a bottle <laughs> yeah well it's not bad but it ain't good yeah no i um 
I'm I'm glad I bought a, a, a build your own pack last time mm. I went to the liquor store because if I had to down another five of those, I think another one of those would be rattling around in the back of the fridge until next Christmas. I was about to say if you had to down another five of those, that sounds like diner beer. Oof. Yeah, that's uh. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. That's that's <laughs> no, a flavor. not bad. Just overpowering. Um, it is definitely a <laughs> uh, beer out of ten. Indeed, it is. It is alcohol out of ten out of five. Yeah. Oh. Mm. That's, anyway. that's 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 not my favorite. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there. I'm not a I'm not a malt beer guy on my best of days, especially when you fucking give a gingerbread man an enema with it. Christ. Yeah, uh, if I'm giving this an actual rating, like eh, three out of five, like it's drinkable. I don't hate it, but I'm not gonna have another one. Yeah, I'll call this a two and a half. Oof, oof. Okay. It is. <laughs> it is. It is a beer. Yours doesn't have the fig paste. That's what you're missing. Oh, yeah, it does not say fig paste anywhere on the can, so. So there you go. Fig paste for the win. Yeah. Do you really contemplate your beer over there? Well, no, I was... <laughs> okay, so on the side... Fuck off, Andrew. On the side of it, it has an upside-down <laughs> bottle, and it's, it's got, like, letters, and it's I-N-D-E, then P-E-N, then D-E-N-T, and I was trying to figure out what the fuck an indie pin dent was. I was like, oh, fuck, it's supposed to be one word. It's supposed to be independent. They just broke it funny in the bottle. Them old indie pin dance over there. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is an indie pin? <laughs> Tony's brain just brained itself. Brain melted a little bit there. Yeah, right. Oh, man. So, Andrew, it, uh, it hadn't been long since our last recording. So what you, what you been up to? What old hobby progress you got done? Um, nowhere near as much as the last time, but I did still get a fairly decent bit. So I uh, ended up getting back to some Age of Sigmar, because I, I, I again want to tackle some backlog. Uh, so I actually got to Trug's Trog Herd. Um, I painted Trug himself, so now I gotta paint the Trog Herd part of it. I painted up six rock guts. Um, specifically did them in a different color scheme than my normal one to make it look like they're the, the gang that's been following Trug around until he, you know, caught up with my gits and now they're hanging out together. So I did, uh, kind of like a dark green on their skin. Um, what was it? It's Sons of Horus green with Lupercal dry brushed on top of it or vice versa. I forget which yeah, one's yeah. the darker one. I think Lupercal might actually be the darker one. No, I'm thinking about mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, administratum gray dry brush on the belly so it looks a little softer uh but i i pushed myself a little bit on their rocky bits that are on their arms and backs and made them look kind of like uh bright blue glowing crystals which is uh that was a lot of hedge highlighting <laughs> for for six good. rock cut drugs i i'm very happy with how it turned out but i got to about the third one where i was edge highlighting and i was like you know this might have been a mistake <laughs> so that was like two or three painting sessions just doing all that shit but uh finally got that done i still need to actually go back and varnish them so they look properly shiny but yeah yeah exactly uh and these are the guys i spent so long converting when i got trogs so they all have goofy weapons and the guy has the mushroom hat M- one of my favorite trogs is still the one that i did literally nothing to except for adding a, a, a hatchet in his head so it looks like the grot that he's holding up hit him with his axe before he's about to smush him so that one's it's it's got a very nonplussed look it has kind of like a muppety sort of look to his face so I'm, I'm just very happy with that one but it is hard to beat the trog with the big bell on a stick and the mushroom hat so um, yeah. they're, they're done except for that art coat layer I talked about and, uh, finishing their basing, which I'm going to try and get to this weekend if I'm not too busy. Cause I am going to a Christmas get together on Saturday. So I might not feel like doing a damn thing after that. There you go. 
Yeah. Uh, after that, we did some pre-ordering, because buying stuff counts. Uh, we picked up the incoming uh, Christmas Grotz model, where it's... Uh, you know, we'll get to that in uh, stuff that came on Warcom, but it's uh, some, some festive-themed Grotz on the back of a squig with some presents. So that's a very fun model, and I, it's the exact right size that I can use him for my, uh, my Gloom Spike Gits as a loon boss on a squig. So there we go. Uh, I also did end up pre-ordering the new Flesh Eater Quartz box because, you know, if you actually make some models that look good and kind of uh, actually go with the lore that's behind the army, well, by God, I'll be a little more interested in them. So uh, yeah. I'm thinking it'll be a, they'll be a bit more along the lines of my tiered army where I'm not like building gets to do well. I'll just have it as another vibes army just when I want to buy a model here and there and have a side painting project. Um, and I'm just going to paint them up in my, my flayed flesh uh, scheme that I did with my meat trees and all that. So they will be uh, gross and fun, and we will figure out a basing scheme with them to really make that red pop. So that'll be uh, a fun thing for me to do over Christmas. Uh, after that, I properly based uh, 2,000 points worth of Iron Warriors for the RTT that yeah, we're also going to talk did. about later. Um, yeah, it took a long time. <laughs> that was like an entire week. Uh, I... PVC... PV, PVA glued. I almost said PVC glued. <laughs> um, PVA glued. I the fucking bases. elbowed I my threw... army together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, PVA glued the bases through some of the army painter um, brown uh, uh, battleground debris. It's like, you know, tiny cork rocks, essentially. Uh, ended up painting them Mornfang brown and then dry brushing on top of them with uh, what brown was it? I think it was scrag brown, actually. So kind of like a, a reddy orangey brown. Yeah. Uh, to really make it the, stand the out. Best from the best rust color ever. Oh, Scrag Brown's great. Dude, watered down Scrag Brown's fucking perfect for everything. And then just a couple of spots of Troll Slayer to really make it look proper orangey rusty. Uh, but anyway, so I did that to, to really make the stand out from the Iron Warriors kind of dull paint scheme other than the, the caution stripes on them. So I thought that turned out pretty well. Still need to get some uh, random grass tufts to put on because I'm currently a little deficient in them right now. But we'll we'll get some of those ordered in the near future. Uh, there's some cool red ones that they just came out with, like GW official ones. Yeah, it's like lava burst grass or something. Yeah, like, they, they gave it a goofy name. Yeah, of course it is GW. Love it. Uh-huh. Uh, after that, I did get my Tyranids Battle Force box in the mail um, and built the whole damn thing. And by God, that's a lot of nids. <laughs> yeah, it is. So. Uh, all new models except for the winged hive tyrant. So I built him with just the lash whip and the bone sword because I just think that's kind of fun. And then I built the uh, the Norn emissary as the Norn assimilator, which is the one that has kind of the more like buggy head versus the brainy head, uh, and it's got like two big stabbing claws that are supposed to be like these giant toxin injectors. So you've got one of each now, correct? Yeah, um, and that way I can just, you know, if I want to mix and match, I can say, hey, I'm taking two assimilators, or hey, I'm taking two emissaries, or one of both. So, that'll be fun. Uh, the new Gene Stealer kits are fucking awesome. They're really dynamic, tons of motion in them. Like, half of them are leaping over stuff, but not in, like, a goofy, like, pirouetting over a rock kind of way. Like, there's one where the guy's entire weight is balanced on his hand because he's, like, vaulting over a pipe. Uh, another one that's, like, kicking off of a rock, but not in, like, a doofy-looking way. It actually just looks like... Uh, how a gene stealer would like kind of run scrabble towards you on all of its crazy legs Um, and it comes with the kit options to where you can have the normal gene stealer head the normal gene stealer head with like a toxin sack and like a stabby tongue coming out of it or you can give them the emgarl head so they all look like cthulhu so of course of course i gave them all tentacle heads because that's the best obviously 
Uh, also did the 20 Hormagons in that kit, which, uh, similar vein, m- much more dynamic. There's a lot of them that are like, uh, kind of mid, like, scything attack, like one where it's, uh, all of its limbs are kind of like outward trying to stab you, except for the one that it's balancing on. There's several that are kind of like mid motion where it looks like they're trying to do that thing where like a dog tries to turn really quickly while it's running. So it's kind of like weirdly bent to one side and looking like it's skidding across the floor. Uh, just way, way, way better than the weird like straight as an arrow hormigons that we've uh, grown to know over the past 15 years or however long that kick has been out. So yeah, they were super fun. After or during the RTT, our boy Ken ended up showing up and he threw off to me a, another batch of accursed cultists for my Iron Warriors. So I'll have yet more gnarly boys to be painting up at some point in the near future. You know, I've painted them 16 times already, so why not another eight? Very excited yeah, for that. Right. Uh, and then after that, uh, as of yesterday, I am finally back on my Hedonite bullshit. I have been threatening it for ages, but I started painting up Zigval the Magnificent the Demon Prince version. So I uh, got the armor mostly done on him. I've just just finished outlining all of the gold filigree that's all over it, which uh, that takes a steady hand not to fuck that up. There's a lot of detail on that model. So uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be doing him for the next couple of weeks because there's just a lot of detail on him. But very cool model. Very excited to get back to him. This is my second round of painting him and uh, he'll be a very different color scheme this time. So that'll be uh, very fun. And I'm very excited to get back to the Hedonites because those models have just been glaring at me from the, the pile of shame for a while. Like, you were so excited. Why did you buy so many of us and then go straight to Iron Warriors instead, you fucker? So now we're actually going to do them, and it's going to be awesome. There you go. How about you? What have you been working on? Uh, so I've still been working my way slowly through my cities of Sigmar. I got my other five Fusiliers painted, so I now have... 10 Fusiliers, totally painted, ready to roll. I just have to paint a banner for them because it attaches to a shield. Next on my paint block for them is going to be uh, Pontifex. Old Pontifex, what's her fuck? Yeah, old Pontifex, what's her fuck? The matriarchal, what's her fuck? Just because she's so many damn parts that, like, I'm going to paint... Right now I've got the base with the base part, which is a dude with no arms and some rocks. So I'll get him painted on the base... Then I'll paint the other dude with no arms that sits just on the base, but not on a rock on the base. Then I can start working on the main stuff, and at least I'll have a base to use, so I can use her in games. Um, Really, only other hobby progress I did after that was uh, in our Secret Santa, I got the fancy new Inquisitor. New Inquisitor. Yeah. I guess he's the the store in, the, the book-stabbing Inquisitor. So, he's I have two of like them now. I love that model. Something. Yeah. That's a good that's a good one. And if you have two of them, you can you can weirdo one of them up for your yeah. Because uh, I, I was going to kit bash one of them for for either something guard or something necromunda. Not sure which yet, but I knew when I saw him, I was like, I want to kit bash that to something. Yeah, that that's a super cool model. Definitely would lend yeah. itself to a lot of that. And then um, got a box of the inquisitorial acolytes for kill team. Because I fucking finally saw those when I was up at um, the Warhammer store. Saw them, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, gotta fucking buy these right now. And again, perfect for Kill Team, yeah. Necromunda, 40k. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like to get two more boxes of those guys just because there's so many different options you can build out of that kit. Yeah, Matt was talking, Diner Matt was talking about when he got his where he, he was annoyed because he's like, oh man, I really want to run two of these guys, but if I build two of them, then I miss out on this option. And, ah, fuck. It's one of those where yeah. they expect you to get at least two two kits of them if you want to run every option. 
Yeah, and then beyond that, there's not not really much higher progress. I got uh, transitioning a bunch of fucking paints over into dropper bottles. That uh, that still seem like a good idea, or are you finally starting to hate yourself? Well, I'm. Hold on, let me math real quick. Seventy bottles in. I've got like forty more I could do, and I'll have every paint, every GW paint I've got in one of those bottles. I guess that's not too bad. No, and like it's it's not a hard task. Having the little fucking paint mixer thing is a a huge boon to help that. Because I just drop because each of those bottles comes with an agitator in it. So I drop the mm-hmm. agitator in the GW pot, put a couple of drops of flow improver in it, stick it on there, and just keep listening to an audiobook, pour it, you know, fucking repeat. There you go. Oh, there's a little bit more hobby progress I did. I got a Calexus Assassin or Calidus Assassin and painted that up for the RT we had, and then just uh did the best painted trophy. And then you also <laughs> painted a best painted trophy, and boy, those were oh, yeah, fun. That's true. Yeah, you did the uh, the previous July yeah. RTT that I did that I already won. Uh, so now I have a, a very doofy painted Space Marine on my shelf. Uh, what, I, is that that was so fun molding? to paint. Is that is that what the little plinth is? No, oh, I, I don't know. It was literally just like a fucking uh, thing that Trent and I found at Home Depot. And we're like, well, this is perfect. Just a scrap piece of wood. Yeah. Oh, and Andrew, we have a lot yeah. more hobby progress. We built a fuckload of terrain. Oh, yes, we did. We did have a shitload of MDF terrain that you got from... TT Combat. TT Combat, yeah. TT Combat. Uh, what a fantastic smell. When you oh, have my God, eight, it's great. When you have eight of those kits and you bust them open, it's just, just charred wood smell, and it's just... It made the entire place smell wonderful. Yeah, my Jeep still smells like it, because that, that box is still in the back of it. Like, I, yeah. it's like, who needs an air freshener? Just fucking crack some burned MDF terrain and leave it in your car, and it's just perfect. It's it's amazing how long that smell has persisted, too. Like, you'd think it's it would kind of so went good. off by now. But so good. Yeah. So that was uh, one of our, our gaming nights. A couple of people were, were playing some 40K games, and then uh, you, me, and our boy Ben were building terrain for a bit. And then uh, that weekend, you came by my place, and we watched uh, Evil Dead Rise and most yep. of Mad Max Fury Road and built a shitload more, so it was a pretty good time. Oh, you you got some hobby progress stuff from the um, uh, secret white elephant, secret Santa, white elephant as well. Mm, kinda? Kinda. There was a tool you could get? use and a pot of paint. <laughs> Oh yes, I got uh, yet another pot of moot green. You're welcome. <laughs> and, uh, and I got a texture spreader, which is now my second one. I've acquired two in two weeks. Uh, yeah. But I did get the XL painting handle, which is one I've actually been. Dude, uh, it's great. Wanting, yeah, no, I, I've had like the mid range one where it goes up to like eighty mil bases or something like that. But this one's big enough to hold like a knight or a mega gargant. So uh, that's gonna which be is wild. Like the small size that goes on that is like a cavalry pace, and the large size yeah. it can hold is a goddamn knight space. And that just that breaks my brain that scale. The, I'll have to try it out, but just like holding it in my hand, I feel like if I had something the size of a Mega Gargant on it, I would kind of like, I would be afraid of dropping it. The, the handle doesn't quite feel robust enough, like maybe it needs to yeah. be wider, or, or maybe like, I don't know, even two handles or something, so you could have one braced against like your forearm while you hold the other one. It's like the um the the stupid thing that you can get away with turning a rifle into a pistol, but it not being a pistol, a little forearm brace oh. thing that... Oh, it's a California compliant... <laughs> Yeah, California, California compliant painting handle. Painting handle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect. Thank you, GW. 
<laughs> you know weird state by state gun laws. <laughs> gotta gotta have your uh, your low capacity magazine for your painting handle. Yep. 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 But yeah, uh, I got that, and I got the um, the uh, official Warhammer calendar for next year, which was pretty cool. Because uh, I was actually thinking about buying that for myself, but I thought better about it, so it is that that just worked out that I got that from the 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 White Elephant Exchange. Yeah, those are those are the perfect size pictures as well. Just after the calendar's done, to cut them and just drop them into frames, and they look great. Yeah, and it's it's like thick cardstock too, so it actually makes for a decent poster. But yeah, that should be all my hobby progress, and probably all of yours as well. Yeah, well, you, you did get one other pretty cool thing, and it was cold out, so it was useful. Oh, yeah. this is I don't know if that counts as hobby progress, but I did also, uh, uh, Chaboy Tony did get me the Chaos uh, branded uh, knit cap and scarf for Christmas, <laughs> which is, uh, it's it's barely cold enough to wear at least one of those, let alone two. It's, it's, Maybe twice a year, it's actually a good time to wear a scarf in Georgia. So yeah, but it'll 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 probably be like on a lamp or something just to look. It fun. was way better quality than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, no, that's actually like fairly comfortable. It's it's not particularly itchy or anything. It's it's actually shockingly good material. We'll see how well it holds up over time, but right. you know, it's not going to get that much wear here, so it's fine. <laughs> there you go. It'll last forever. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah, let go. Yeah, we talked a little bit earlier that we had the RT this past weekend. So, the second official Dice Like Ice RTT. We had twenty slots for it. Unfortunately, we had some people get sick at the last minute, so we had seventeen players at it. Uh, Andrew, you wanna you wanna since that's the only games we played, do we wanna just bounce back and forth round one, round two, round three? Sure, sounds good to me. Well, we'll start with your round one. So my round one uh, was a pretty easy round one. I caught the buy. So since there was an odd number of players, uh, I opted out. I, I told Chris I'll take the buy the first round because, you know, I wanted the other people who drove in from far to make sure they got as many games as they could. Uh, and it also allowed me to get a little bit of little bit of rest on my brain because we were packing everything up and setting up all night the night before. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a uh, good way to let the coffee kick in a little bit before yeah, the second seriously. round. seriously. Yeah, so I took the bye the first round, so I walked out of round one with a 70-0 win. There you go. Well, going into my first game, I played against our local buddy Cam again. Uh, and again, he also took his Chaos Demons versus my Iron Warriors, which was pretty fun. Um I will say that this game was a, uh, a case study for Andrew not doing his homework before playing a big tournament, which is fine. I've said several times I'm a vibes player. and I'm not particularly competitive. Uh, if I'd have known, because I took fixed, because it's a tournament. It's the only time you take fixed. Otherwise, you always take tactical, so that way your secondaries are fun and goofy the whole time. I took fixed, and I took uh, uh, bring it down, because he took a bunch of greater demons, including Bellicor, and then I took... Uh, cleanse, so that way I could, you know, hop on objectives, hold them, and cleanse. Um, what I did not realize, because, you know, I should have realized, but I'm dumb, apparently, is that greater demons are characters. I should have taken assassinate. Should have taken assassinate. <laughs> I should have taken assassinate. It would have been yeah, great. Should've. Um, so... Uh, we had a couple of very cool moments in this one. Uh, starting off, um, my second round, I was able to charge my possessed into his, uh, fuck, I always want to call him the Keeper of Secrets, but it's not, Lord of Change, Lord the, of change, uh, the yeah. big bird himself. <laughs> I, I charged them into a Lord of Change and just annihilated him. He had no chance to cast anything. 
uh, because it was it was the back and forth of like, oh, well, he's got a 12-inch range weapon, but because of Bellicor and the Shadow and the Warp, he actually becomes an 18-inch weapon. I move my Vindicator up so I can start blasting shit, and he's like, all right, I'm going to move my Big Bird up to 18 inches, and I'm going to be able to, sh- to to shoot you on my turn. Uh, and he was like, all right, let's do this. I'm going to shoot you with the, the Torrent weapon. And I go, nope. I do the Mark and Urgle uh, bonus strat where you have to be within 12 to even shoot and completely whiffed his turn. And then my possessed just charged in and turned him into fucking chicken McNuggets. He had no chance, even with the four-up demon save. It was brutal. Uh, I was also charging the uh, demon prince of corn that he had at the same time. And it was so goddamn close to being perfect. But unfortunately, I missed killing the demon prince by two wounds. And then the demon prince, being a demon prince of corn, kicked the fuck out of my possessed. Completely yeah, annihilated dude. that squad. Yeah, because that's, that's what he's built for. As I said uh, a couple episodes ago when I played against Trent with my Demon Prince of Corn, they're real goddamn mean if you let them get into melee. I was very sad I was not able to kill them. Uh, unfortunately, after that, my Vindicator whiffed. Just 100% failed every shot. Did like two damage to him. And this is a D6 damage weapon with D6 plus three shots. That's how bad I was rolling. So like, you know, the fact that I hit some stuff and didn't manage to kill it says a lot about how bad I was rolling with that thing. Uh, He was was able to do some pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah. He was able to do some chaos demon shenanigans and teleport his uh, demon prince of corn in my back line where I had my havocs. He almost killed the havocs, but I had one guy holding in there long enough to have the accursed cultists charge in and just completely annihilate the demon prince. Uh, he also bamped some flamers of Zinch back there. I also was able to kill them, uh, on his back line. He had the changeling and a great unclean one. And I was able to teleport my obliterators in his back line. And, uh, my play of the game was when I did that shot the hell out of the, the, uh, great unclean one. Didn't quite work out cause they, they're pretty tough. I only did like two damage to him. I'm like, all right sure fine whatever fuck it i need to try and take this point charge the obliterators in and just completely annihilated the great unclean one in one round of combat i i didn't keep track of how much damage i did but he had like 10 wounds left and it was well over that i i made up for how goddamn bad my vindicator was with those obliterators punching uh the great unclean one then exploded and took one of my obliterators with him but the changeling was also close enough that he took him with him as well. So I was like, oh, cool. The whole back line is clear. Everything's gravy. Uh, it stopped being gravy when he then brought in Shalaxi Hellbane, who is a bullshit model that I hate with my whole soul. <laughs> that, He's that a, fucking, a fucking menace. Shalaxi Hellbane... There is no downside to that model in 40k at the moment. Like, I'd say the only problem is that it doesn't have, like, an across-the-board ranged attack. It only can attack, like, 18 inches or something. But it's so fucking fast, it doesn't matter. So she was able to come in, kill my Vindicator, charged over, used her precision bullshit to kill Abaddon the Despoiler, and just, like, tie down my 10-man break of Terminators. And I'm like, oh, I got this. Terminators are pretty good in melee. Nope, she reduces damage by one. Or, sorry, reduces attacks by one. So I'm like, oh, cool. So I got got like six guys left who should be hitting with three attacks but they're actually only hitting with two and then it's demon and it's a name demon so it's got a whole bunch of bullshit so it was uh if i remember correctly a four up in one save a five up feel no pain so it's just like ah cool i'm just gonna do no damage to her and she's gonna wipe out that entire squad on her own uh long story short i lost this game the second time i've played against cam ever against his demons again i lost this game 
by one point. <laughs> it's just, it was so disheartening. Good game, though. Oh, it was great. It was a fantastic game. I had an absolute blast. Uh, the only bullshit about it was Shalaxi Hellbane, which is not something he can control, and it would have been very silly for him not to take her because she's so fucking good right now. Um, again, if I'd, I had one round or if I had cleansed once instead of trying to kill some of his nurglings that were in the back capping some stuff, I would have won the game. If I had taken Assassinate instead of Cleanse, I would have won the game. Yep. Uh, it was... If, if my Terminators could have hit, like, two more times, I would have killed Shalaxi and gotten bonus points for bringing it down. Would have won the game. So it's just, like, one of those games where I'm like, oh, if I was just a tiny bit less stupid or a tiny bit more lucky, I would have won this. So uh, I lost mess. my first round. Yeah, exactly. I lost my first round and immediately got put into the fun category of the tournament. I didn't have to be sweaty for the rest of it. So there you go. Into round two. What did you do, Tony? Well, there's one hilarious moment that I got to witness in round one that I want to point out. <clears throat> oh, good. Yeah. And, and that was Hin's fucking tech marine watching all of his dreadnoughts die around him and then go toe-to-toe and kill Abaddon, some Terminators, and just sat in the middle of their board just whipping ass for, like, two more turns. Oh, yeah, I uh, I guess we should specify a bit. Uh, Ken Valentine, our buddy who we met at Nova, oh, yeah. has been a friend of ours on the Batcast Discord for a while. He had some uh, leftover... Freeloader uh, himself. Point. Yeah, he had some freeloader points with uh, local Hampton Inn, so he was able to come down and hang out at our tournament for a weekend and see our little slice of Georgia, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, and between you and my, you and me, we, we did a lot of driving Miss Daisy for him. We shoveled his ass all around. It was worth it. Unfortunately, he didn't get to stay. Uh, didn't get to stay long enough to experience all of the good Athens restaurants. But you know, yeah, uh, he got to hit such the peasant. Though that's the important. He did. He did get to hit the royal peasant, which is probably my favorite bar in town. It's the best. If you're ever in it Athens, go indeed. to the peasant, grab your royale with cheese or a lamb burger. Though they're fish and or chips, get there, also killer. Or if you get there on a Wednesday, you can get poutine, which is great. Mm-hmm. Or if you get there on, I believe it's a Thursday, you get shepherd's pie, which is also great. You know, get anything from there. Every, everything's great from there. And finish it off with a sticky toffee pudding. Oh, yes. Yeah. 100%. I still regret that I didn't get one of those, but my stomach does not. We are not sponsored. We are just fans. <laughs> yeah. And go there for years. they want to sponsor us. <laughs> Oh man! So hey, going in, yeah, going into my round two, uh, I took the buy also because I thought that would keep me out of sweaty town brackets. Um, turns out I was wrong Oops. because I thought the buy counted as a draw, counts as a win. So round two, I played Justin's fucking Tyranids. So uh, listeners who have listened for a while remember that he was also my round two at our last RT, and that. That game came down to a literal dice roll at the end of the game to see if one of my tanks exploded, and I had like a one or two point win over him. This game, I could score almost no fucking primary points, but I maxed secondary points. I got 40 secondary points with zero trouble. Maxed them out. Um, And didn't score like any primary points till the end of the game. Uh, Justin, on the other hand, scored a shitload of primary points. He maxed out secondaries, but barely. And the two of us pulled an 80-80 draw. This dude's list, the only things he killed the entire game, he killed a Sentinel, a handful of Guardsmen, uh, Gaunt's Ghosts. I think he killed both Sentinels. Gaunt's Ghosts, and I think he finally killed a Lehman Russ. 
The only thing he had left was a fucking drop pod. I killed 50 <laughs> fucking gargoyles, a hive tyrant, a neuro thing, shitloads of barb gaunts, like 20-something hormagaunts. He had hundreds of bodies on the table. And it took forever for me to carve through them. And we pulled an 80-80 draw, which has got to be one of the highest draws I've ever seen. But it was a really good fucking game. That just means he played very well if he barely he, was able to hurt he you. He played and get that many really points. well, yeah. I, he was able to just, you know, cage me into spots and keep me off of objectives. But, like, my first two things I drew were area denial and tempting target, and I had turn one, and I got first turn. So I was able to drive onto the center of the board, and it didn't matter which he put as my tempting target, I was able to run a scout and onto it. Then he pushed me off of both of those objectives and swarmed them. And I got no prisoners and overwhelming force. So it was like, cool, I just have to clear bodies off those objectives. Uh, then I was able to get behind enemy lines and capture enemy outpost. And most of his army was forward. So all I had to do was drop Gaunt's ghost and a Calidus assassin in his backfield to max those. So it was just, it was wild. I could not have pulled better secondaries that game. But Wonderful. yeah, so going out of round two, I am one win, one draw. So okay. firmly believe I am out of the running for anything at this point. Yep. And then uh, my round two, I play against our boy Ken. Uh, he brought Space Marines and did a very similar list to how Trent likes to play in that he brought the fucking mech squad. He had... Yeah, seriously. Um, so many fucking dreadnoughts. Six dreadnoughts, I want to say, because he took Redemptors, he took a Brutalis, he took a couple of baby dreads. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of dreadnoughts. He took a couple of the new... Uh, I don't remember the names of fucking anything for Space Marines. Warsuit, Brutalis, uh, Ballistus. The floaty tanks that are also transports. Sure, Repulsors, um, uh, uh, fuck, what's the other one called? I can't remember what the other one is. There's the little one that's like the Rhino that I can't fucking remember. I think it was the Rhino, because it it had like a truck bed in the back of it. (laughs) I think it also starts with an I. Impulsor. It also starts with an I, like every fucking other Space Marine thing. He had a couple of hover trucks, uh, filled them up with Phobos uh, Space Marines so that they could just go and uh, take objectives. He took uh, Tech Marine to go with all of his ridiculous amount of dreadnoughts. Um, What else did he have? There's a couple of things I'm missing, I think, but nothing too wacky. Um, Oh, no, he had a unit of uh, Eradicators as well, because why wouldn't you? Um, Eradicators with the new Biologus... uh, guy from the fucking Leviathan Apo- box. Apothecary Biologist? Yeah, the guy who's carrying his crockpot with him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he was there. Uh, I took my normal list, like I said. Um, so this one, I don't... I'm trying to remember if I went... I didn't go first on this one, which was bad for me. Uh, you know, I you used the, the Tabletop Battles app, and uh, it tracks all of that. Well, I didn't, so there you go. Well, you should. Although Ken did, so he could tell me. Uh, but I did not go first on this one, which was unfortunate because he was able to charge forward, immediately take multiple points, uh, have them locked down. We weren't scoring points on that, of course. Uh, I took Fixed again. I took Bring It Down. And this time I did take Assassinate because he had a shitload of characters to go with all of his stuff uh, and a whole bunch of dreads that were going to be great to take down. Um, so he was able to charge forward early, get a bunch of shots off. I had warned him at how... Uh, annoying my accursed cultists would be if he didn't deal with them so he then proceeded to shoot his entire fucking army at them and it did take the entire army but he managed to kill that squad of cursed cultists uh their their six up feeling of pain really didn't 
actually come into handy at all. They just kept mm-hmm. dying, but whatever. It was fine. They are a uh, a sacrificial unit for stuff like that, but uh, I was uh, a little annoyed I wasn't able to get a charge off of them because they're shockingly mean in melee if you let them get to you. So they died horribly. Uh, proceed to my turn. I had Abaddon and his squad of 10 Terminators come in. They ran forward and killed one of his hover trucks, just barely touched it, and it just completely exploded because <laughs> that's what Abaddon's crew does. I was able to charge into a unit of the Phobos guys and just proceeded to turn them into dust. Because, again, if Abaddon gets into melee with you, he's going to win, like, nine times oh, yeah. out of ten. Um, uh, uh, Vindicator, again, proceeded to do fuck all. Uh, it got off one successful hit against a Redemptor and did, like, three damage to it. So, like, my Vindicator... it, it The problem was... It did so well in previous games that didn't matter, and I was just having fun, that when I took it to a tournament, it just just let me down so goddamn hard. <laughs> so, he did nothing. Uh, Havocs proceeded to do a shitload of stuff. They were great. Uh, pretty much every time they shot, they would take down a Dreadnought, just because that's what Havocs do. Uh, my Possessed managed to whiff a 5-inch charge, which was pretty frustrating. Uh, did you yeah, fail that's what the I did. That was with the plus one bonus from a Master of Possession as well. So that was just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. So those guys now are going to get on this point and take that for the next turn. That's going to be groovy for me. Cool, 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 cool. So I did that. Abaddon's firmly in the middle of the board now. Where I'm like, all right, this is fine. You know, ye oldie battle pile. This is going to be great. Uh, turns out it was not great. <laughs> Ken was able to get all of his dreadnoughts completely corralling in Abaddon and company and just spent the next turn and a half just annihilating them just nuking them left right and center with all the fucking plasma guns and just you know uh mowing them down with uh stub guns just big browning machine guns on top of the dreadnoughts for whatever reason basically it's just like the uh, the scene from starship troopers where they surround the bugs and are just like walking towards them and just piling up their bodies yeah, it really was. Uh, and then he was able to charge two of the Dreadnoughts in. At this point, I had one Terminator and Abaddon himself left. They they mulched nine of the Terminators before they got into melee. Um, so it was like, all right, cool. Punch. All right, that's one dead Terminator. I used a stratagem so that the Terminator could fight on death on a three up because he had the Mark of Corn, because all of them have all the marks of chaos when they were with Abaddon. Uh, thankfully, I did roll a three. The Terminator then proceeded to just punch the head off of te- the Tech Marine because he was, nice. you know, all ro- he was all roided up because I managed to kill one of the Dreadnoughts, and so he just completely died horribly. It was hilarious. And then he fell to his death, of course, because he'd already been killed. Uh, next round, when Abaddon got to fight, uh, he just looked at a Redemptor Dread and was like, man, really cool if he didn't exist anymore. Just cut him in half with his fucking crazy demon sword. Uh, um, and then he got punched to death by a little baby box dread, which, uh, it, it came down to one last save and I'm like, all right, he's got a pretty high AP. I got to roll a four up in Vol. Boom. Rolled a three. Fuck. Command point reroll into a one. Abaddon nice. Despoiler was killed by a baby box dread. Uh, Fucking I teleported boxes, my, man. I, yeah, the lunchbox killed Abaddon. Uh, I teleported my obliterators in the back line. Uh, started shooting the fuck out of some dreads. Pretty much every round when they shot, they killed a dread. But at that point, Clan had already had a uh, pretty pretty hefty runaway victory going. So he was he was my most uh, valiant defeat, which was eighty nine or sorry eighty eight to sixty nine. <laughs> nice. So it was it was a fun fun match. Um, 
Uh, I would say from my perspective, Kim was rolling fairly hot and I was rolling fairly average. So there were, he just had a couple of very, very good shooting rounds and was able to, to kill a lot of my chaff units very quickly. Uh, my possessed hung in there for a while, but they just kind of really didn't get to do very much. They ended up helping to kill the last couple of wounds on a Redemptor Dread that my Havocs had severely wounded. They wiped out a unit of Phobos guys. Um, they killed another unit of Phobos guys with the Librarian that he had. So, you know, they, they did their job, but it was just a little too little too late at that point. So I got most of my points from the secondaries. I, I had like one objective the entire game and that was it. So, uh, you know, uh, I am uh, currently 0-2 and had two very fun games. I, I didn't have a single bad game this entire tournament, which is the way I like to play. Oh, that's the best way to have it. Exactly. So now rolling into round three. Who did you play, Tony? Ro- rolling into round three. I like that. Ayo. So at this point in the tournament, we had four undefeated players. We had uh, Cody and Ryan, the two guys out of Alabama. We had Spencer, the Custodes player who used to be an Athens local. And then we had uh, Colin, Colin Cochran. He's like one of the best players in the U.S. And he fucking rolled so, into our tournament with his chaos. 178 out of the country yeah, or something some, right something like that. Something so, ridiculous out of the several thousand players. Yeah. And since Justin and I both drew, we got paired down, which means we paired into people who were one win, one loss. Uh, Justin pulled Phil, which I'm super glad he got that short end, and I did not, because that would have sucked for me. Uh, I pulled a new guy to the hobby, a new guy to 10th edition at least, uh, James. He's one of uh, David's friends, if you you guys know Haunted Bagel on our Discord or on War Games Live. But uh, James is one of David's friends. And he plays Admech. And, oh, boy, was that a fucking hard goddamn fight. Because Admech are tough as shit. They all can get involved and feel no pains. Uh, and they also have a hell of a lot of ways to deal with vehicles. Including, uh, like, the Castellan robots that punch really hard. The, um, what are the tractor guys called? Catafrons? Catafron Destroyers. Yeah, Catafron Destroyers. He had two of the Dune Crawlers. Yep. Yeah. All right. Look at me. Uh, one of the Chicken Walker guys with the pokey stick. Uh, Sidonian Dragoons. Yeah, I'm glad you played Admech. Uh, and he had uh, two of the toasters. One of them with like a Neutronium Turbo Laser or some shit. Toasters. The toasters. Uh, it, it can be a transporter or a tank. Oh, oh, the Higgins Hoverboat. I don't know the name yeah. of those. Um, they released those and, after I sold my ad mech. Fair enough. So he had two of those, one of them with the anti-vehicle thing and one of them with an indirect. Uh, he had like two squads of the uh, Sicarian Infiltrators, I think they are. Uh, like three squads of Rangers, just normal Skitari guys. And then one big-ass squad of Electro Priests. Uh, it was like 10 Electro Priests with one of the big leader guys in it. And that thing was a fucking nightmare. So he got first turn, which means he got to rad bomb me. So basically my options were on a three up for each thing in my army. They take D3 mortal wounds or they start battle shocked. I either have to pick my whole army starts battle shocked by taking cover or they don't get battle shocked and they all take mortal wounds. So I took battle shock, which means that on turn one, I could not use stratagems, including command reroll. Uh, on his turn one. On my turn one, it clears. So at least there's that. 
but it started, he moved all his stuff forward. We played on the, it was like a GW heavy table. So it was a really, really densely packed city table. And I'm running a tank army. So I was out of position a lot of this game. It took like two or three turns for two of my Russes to even get in where they could shoot at anything, really. They got a couple of pot shots, but they weren't really contributing. Uh, and his dune walkers were basic dune crawlers, whatever they are, were basically stuck on one side of the board where he deployed them. Uh, turn one happens. There's not a whole lot going back and forth, just like trading fire here and there, chip damaging on some stuff. Then turn two happens and just all hell lets loose on both sides. He gets his robots up close, almost kills a battle tank with them on the uh, in close combat, but I overwatched and killed two of them in overwatch, two of the five, with uh, with lucky multi-melta hits. Um, yeah, his dune crawlers both fired at uh, the Duke, my exterminator autocannon tank, and it survived. That thing was my MVP that game. It killed both dune crawlers and the the Higgins toaster anti-tank version. All on that one flank. It was just parked behind a building, just hammering gunfire into him. Uh, so he does all that. He doesn't kill my Lehman Russ. My Lehman Russ backs out of combat, and the Dorn rounds the corner, deletes two more of the robots. So there's only one and their little tech priest dude left. I'm throwing indirect into his soft targets. Uh, Dorn's taking hits. My Sentinels are both dead already. I've already lost one Lehman Russ. I've killed a whole bunch of his guys. We're just we're just stacking up bodies because this one is hold one holds more, kill one kill more, and I got the kill more on him every single turn. Um, it was like I would kill three units of his two or two units of his one, but he just had so many bodies, and I was just stacking them up. Uh, the most hilarious thing that happened, though, was the tech priest watched the Sentinel die and a Lehman Russ die next to him. And fucking James draws assassinate. And the only way he can get assassinate is to run his 10 man squad of electro priests out of cover across a road and then charge my tech priest through a building, which he does. He makes the fucking the full move and then he gets like an 11 inch charge, gets five dudes to surround my tech priest, which are you familiar with the electro priest, Andrew? Oh yeah. Um, did he have the yeah. one with the stabs or the ones with the, the emperor Palpatine hands? Oh, uh, I think he had the stabs. Okay. In previous but, editions, those are the ones that like leached life and regenerated them. Oh yeah. I don't know. But I mean, he, he had five of them. It was, it was a shitload of attacks and it's against a three-wound Toughness three tech priest, and he's got to assassinate. And he called this shot, and I was like, all right, all right. You're going to look like an asshole when this tech priest survives. Fucking tech <laughs> priest survives it. Kills five of them back in response with his six Hell attacks. Yeah. Next turn, tech priest runs the fuck away, and the Dorn and a Lehman Russ just unload and pick up the rest of the squad. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty irritating. Uh, another fun one, Ursula Creed's squad was getting constantly hammered by the indirect fire. She survived until the very last turn of the game, and three turns were her running across the table in cover, taking 2d6 shots and trying to get the d3 mortal wounds thing on her. Every fucking turn. She finally died on turn five. So they were 
your opponent was playing Warhammer. You were playing Band of Brothers, the board game. I seriously <laughs> just all was. Your, it was great. All of your little dipshits and their cheap little fucking helmets and flak armor just being like, get down! <laughs> it was, dude, him and I laughed our asses off. We cut up the whole time. That was his sixth game of Warhammer 10th edition. The RT nice. doubled the amount of games he had. Uh, up until yeah. the last two turns... Uh, which is when I, I killed the rest of his stuff and started to pull away with it. We were th- within two and three points every turn. Uh, I ended up with nice. a ninety-one seventy-six victory, which gave me two one or sorry two zero and one in the tournament. Two wins, zero loss, one draw. Hell yeah! Uh, Scorpius Disintegrator is the Hover Higgins uh, Thank with the you. gun. <laughs> yeah, for you Admech fans out there who need to know. Well, all right, so going into uh, round three. So this one was me versus Will James, our buddy, who is a uh, producer Will. I don't think I can do any of this on... beer. No? No, good? I got like three quarters of the way through and I'm, I'm tapping out on that beer. I had to open my water and kind of like have a sip of water between sips of the beer. The ginger got a little overwhelming, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, game three played against our boy Will James, who producer Will on our Necromunda wrap up episode, like episode 14 or 15 ways away. Uh, He's the guy who wrote the fun song at the end of the podcast that you hear. The the writer, uh, musician, singer, producer, recorder. He did all of it. And Votan player. player. I played against... Played against his Votan. Uh, we were bottom table, baby. We had both gone 0-2 oh, at that point, and uh, both of us were pretty fucking fried mentally at that point. So we're just like, hey, man, let's just roll some dice and not really give a shit. And I'm like, dude, I'm right there fucking with you. And we proceeded to do that. Uh, so pretty much the exact same strategy I previously had, where it was Abaddon runs forward, kills a bunch of shit, and then dies horribly. Uh, he had two Hecaton land fortresses, which do a shitload of damage if you let him shoot. Um... Mm-hmm terrain was interesting so i wasn't able to get them dead too quickly but thankfully on round two my vindicator finally felt like getting his big boy pants on and actually doing some fucking work and he killed one of the hecaton land fortresses in one round of shooting because he actually was able to fucking hit average hits and average dice rolls for the damage so you know that's all i needed the whole goddamn day but i couldn't get it until then when it didn't matter so much but it was still pretty funny just to be like oh man look at that cool thing bang now it's gone uh, he proceeded to nuke the shit out of my Vindicator is uh, Retribution, but it's okay. He did something <laughs> cool, finally. Uh, my Cursed Cultist actually got to charge in and nuke some shit. Killed a call, killed a bunch of uh, whatever the basic troopers are called. Um, my Possessed were able to kill one of his Sagittars and uh, then proceeded to get killed by Hecaton Land Fortress. Uh, Havocs ended up killing a second Land Fortress. He deep struck in whatever their Terminator equivalents are called and just proceeded to shoot the shit out of my Havocs. It was just a fun, super bloody game. Uh, he got some really good shooting early on, though, so it was an uphill struggle for me. Um, let's see. Did I have anything? My notes are Will's dice were very hot. My dice were very not. Lucky roll from Vindicator nuking a Hecaton. Jesus fucking Christ, I'm tired. So <laughs> I, I did not take great notes for this one. Um, I ended up losing it 46 to 41. So my second very close match for the day. And my third very fun match for the day. I had a great time. Happy to play him at any point. He's a super fun opponent. But I had like five and a half hours of sleep that day. Uh, the night before and i was really feeling it by that point i was like full-blown disassociating where he's like hey dude you gotta roll your armor saves what oh shit hang on (laughs) so it was one of those games where i'm just like i'm ready to get dinner and go the fuck home 
But Man, you were, uh, you were pretty it was still fucking toast when we were packing everything up. Dude, my brain was fucking tough. I, mm, I was uh, full blown, just like jelly limbs. I'm just like, all right, let's get this shit packed so I can go get food. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I was, I was very out of it, but it was cool because at that point I wasn't fighting for anything other than having a good time. So it worked out. There you go. There you go. But yeah. So, uh, so since I played down and I got a solid enough win to end with two wins and a draw, the top two tables both had an undefeated person at them. So somehow your boy got third place again in an RT. So that was cool. Uh, I think we willed it into existence because uh, shout out to Joe at Dragonstar Hobbies. He did prize support once again. And also big shout out to Stevie at Baron of Dice for hooking us up and uh, giving us some discounts for some prize support dice and swag packs for everybody. That was super killer. So go yes, to... Indeed. Yeah, go to Baron of Dice. We've got our promo code still up there at 5% off at Icy Dice. We all got got very fun stickers and a cool bespoke die. Uh, I have a Slanesh sticker on the side of my Juochi case right now. Nice. Uh, But yeah, so the prizes that Joe provided were first place was a Leviathan box. Second place was... Uh, beast snagaboys beast snagaboys like it's with orc thing third place was a fucking cadian squad and yep. best painted was a box of orc boys and the joke was oh looks like tony's gonna get third place and get more cadians ha 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 motherfuckers i did it again but at least it wasn't a cadian command squad this at time at least it wasn't i'm i just need him to put like a a fucking Katie stands box is the prize support for like second place next time. That way I'll win second place in a tournament. Yeah, just incrementally uh, bump you up the chain a little bit more anytime yeah, exactly. it's on the line. Yeah, yeah, it's, I, I fight for the guard. I already got twelve of these, but I need a thirteenth one. God damn it! Yeah, so uh, I got more Cadians. Uh, hey, Andrew, did uh, did you win any awards this time? Boy, did I! I won two awards. I you got won the two coveted. Awards. I got the coveted wooden spoon, i.e. played the mostest like dog shit and got absolute last in the tournament, baby. So that was super fun. And I was like, oh, cool. That's great. And then it was also, oh, hey, you also got best painted again. And I'm like, fuck yeah, because I actually tried on this one because I went back and faced my army. Yeah. So uh, that was fun. But uh, it wasn't a shoe win this time. There were some very well painted armies. Yeah. Will's Votan are super fucking crisp. He did a great job on those. Uh, Matt's Knights were super good, super good paint job. He did like different paint jobs for each knight, so they all had like their own like free blade kind of thing going on. Super good. Uh, Phil's Eldar looked fantastic. Ken's Space Marines looked really good. Also very fucking crisp. Like it was, it was a very mm-hmm. solid show for people actually like giving a damn about the hobby. So yeah, you know, I, I had some stiff competition this time for sure. Yeah, I knew it was going to be a toss up between uh you and matt for best painted yeah matt matt's got some crisp fucking nights holy shit that that yellow one just breaks my brain that is such a clean yellow yellow is a that's a very good color that if you can paint well it's gonna bump you up in painting competitions just just a little note for you painters out there (laughs) or if you can paint a really crisp white oh man yeah which matt's yellow night is both clean yellow and crisp white yeah, so there you go. That that night alone probably probably is what got him to almost win the the best painting from me. 
the end, I squeaked out and got that box of boys, which is Hell great because yeah. I just sold my orc army. <laughs> yep, and then you drop that into the uh, fucking white elephant gift exchange, and our which local one of our local orc players, Jeff, walked away with that one, so that worked. Walked away with it. I'm gonna hang up now. <laughs> All right, uh, it's been dice like guys. Bye guys. All right, bye. <laughs> Oh, man. So um, we've got our next RTT set up as well. So if you're in the area and you want to play, uh, Andrew, if you could drop a link to it in the show notes. You know sure. Do that? I will. I will then I, I will get a link and then drop it. <laughs> there we go. Uh, it is going to be on March 2nd. Same place. Ag building out here in Bogart, which is right on the edge of Athens. So we'll probably have two more RTs and then we'll start doing GTs after that. So it'll be another 20-person RTT. There you go. If you feel like coming out uh, when Georgia's weather is getting warm but isn't quite miserable yet. Mm -hmm. March is usually really nice out here. Yeah, that's like actual spring. It's like the one month of spring we get before we go straight into 90 degrees, 90% humidity. Yeah. Beginning of April, you're usually okay. Uh, Mid to late April, it already starts to suck. Yes, that's when it gets fucking muggy. Uh, speaking of sucking, you want to roll into the Warcom and reveals and stuff we've had recently? Sure, there were a couple of good ones, but good enough uh, transition. There were some okay <laughs> ones. Yeah. Uh, you want to go first? Pull, pull one out. Yeah. Uh, well, as I already said, for my pre-orders, uh, they revealed the Red Gabo's Festive Nemesis, which is uh, the Black Gabo who it's the christmas grots he's he's riding on top of a big squig like the moon the the moon boss sorry the loon boss on cave squig uh it's just a bunch of words back to back that were hard to say for some that reason. is that is a uh, lot of words you were correct but this one's uh all fucking christmas out so the grot riding on the back he's got a santa sack full of toys if you look at the toys that are falling out there's like a standard like christmas cracker for people from the uk who like those sort of things but there's also a fucking epic scale primaris marine as well uh which is going to be super fucking fun to paint uh there's also a grot hanging out of the back of the bag there's a grot making snow angels on the base the squig has fucking antlers and a mouthful of gifts like this is just this is just a really fun one i i like this one a lot i feel like this is definitely the best christmas uh model that they've put out so far like so. who knows to the fucking level of painting to make those two boxes actually look like warhammer boxes yeah, and, and the two, like, gifts that they have in his mouth, like, have actual reflective, shiny, mm -hmm. like, wrapping paper on it. Like, this it's, is just... Yeah. real good. They definitely went up to an Evie Metal painter and were like, hey, try way too hard on this. And they mm -hmm. went, you got it, boss. Yeah, yeah I the, do love the that two, model. The two actual GW boxes are fucking mind-blowing. Those are great. Yeah, like, I'm trying to see what the, the Space Marine one is. Uh, The Space Marine coming out of the back of his bag? Yeah. I was trying to pull it up on the fucking Games Workshop website, but, you know, it's an asshole still. Yeah, the they still haven't gotten it sorted to be not garbage yet. It kills me. It used to be so good. Which is unfortunate. Here, I am linking you a picture. Well, no, no, I, I got the picture. I was just trying to zoom in on it a little bit better. Oh, yeah. yeah God help you. <laughs> well, the, the Sigmar box is a box of Stormcast Eternals. I'm, so I'm assuming it's just Primaris Marines. Oh, yeah. And then just the Marine on the back falling out, too, which is what I thought you were talking about. Well, I didn't even actually see the Marine falling out on the back. Oh, shit, look at that. Yeah. Got, like, an epic scale Primaris falling out of the back. Fantastic. Yeah. A little a, pot a of paint. It's a good little model. Yep. It's, it's going to be a 
gonna be a real fucking fun one to paint. That'll be a good palate cleanser go. when I'm sick of uh, flesh eaters and heat nights. Fair enough, man. How about you? What uh, what what jumped out at you from this uh, not particularly good Warcom week? <laughs> uh, well, we're getting another Skaven Star player. So uh, if yeah. I get him, I will then have all of the Skaven Star players again. It is uh, Skitter Stab Stab, who is a Skaven Master Assassin, who once per game, when he breaks um, armor, he can reroll the injury roll, which is real good. Yeah. Uh, he's also movement fucking nine and agility two, so he's probably also got dodge. Like, this motherfucker's fast. Absolutely outrageous. Like... You're talking goes like goes for it twice and goes from midfield into the end zone in one turn. Yep. No, he's he's brutal. And uh that's a that's a good glow up on a model there. His his old metal one is uh pretty goofy. Not not great. <laughs> not great, but the new one is. Yeah, he's only hundred and fifty thousand dollars uh gold. Words. Words. Yeah. Which means he probably has, like, no ball handling skills. He's just a, hey, you have a star yeah. player. It'd be real cool if you didn't, though. <laughs> yeah, I wonder wonder what skills he will have. You know, I'll have dodge because he's a gutter runner. Yeah, boy, that is a real bad old model. Holy shit. Uh, let's see. He used to have, back in the day, he had loner, dodge, prehensile tail, shadowing, and stab. That makes sense. I would assume he probably has the same stuff. Yeah, the only thing is he's not going to break armor very often because he's a gutter runner. He's only strength two. Yeah, he might have claws or some equivalent just so he can break armor easy. Does he have to break armor or does he just have to be next to? No, when he breaks an armor. Huh, interesting. So yeah, that won't come into play very often. Uh, he'll he'll be fine as long as you're not trying to kill stuff that's like... Yeah, if you're not trying to take down a tree man with a pocket knife, essentially, then you're fine. Fair enough. Uh, what uh, What else you got? Uh, we had the uh, Black Library Reveal stream, which some books that I'm not particularly interested in, except uh, Mike Brooks is doing the next book in his uh, Uftak Blackhawk novels, which is his uh, war boss rising to power, which started off uh, a couple years ago with uh, 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 Brutal Cunning, which is a fun book. Um, and this next one is Da Big Daka which is apparently uh, Uthak, Blackhawk, and crew fighting their way out of Kimora, the uh, Dark Eldar city in the webway. So that'll be really fun. That uh, special also... edition one's beautiful. Yeah, that's a fun one. They also announced that he's getting his own model, which is pretty cool. Um, he is going to be a stand-in for a Bad Moon's war boss. He comes with a really cool like electric power hammer. Uh, he has a gun, which is the cannon from a shock attack buggy. So he's able to like teleport squigs into people's chests and stuff. So that's fun. Um, I love that it's, it's on a squig. Yeah, no, it's just, it's a very fun model and a very fun uh, book series. Just if you want some good goofy fun for Warhammer and not necessarily seeing all the brutal grimdark bullshit all the time. Very fun reads. So I'm very excited to get this next one. Yeah, it it's a cool model. Like, I, I love orc models. They're just not my type of army, unfortunately. Like, yeah. I love orc models and I love converting them and stuff. It just, it's not fun for me to play orcs. It's just, he's very orky. That's that's he's he's very quintessential orc. That's it's a perfect yeah. model for that. Yeah, they showed a lot of books, and a, a lot of the books have like all the special editions have things on the sides of the pages, which is interesting. Like the Arama ones, all like psychic-y, and then the fucking uh, 
fuck, Soul Blight one's got like bats and shit. Uh, the is it the Morgan Vall Fear vs. Faith? Yeah, that book special edition is gorgeous. Yep, just never uh, never could bring myself to spend like 150 bucks on a novel. <laughs> Nor could I. I still, I, I was very close to buying the Cadia Falls one that comes with all the other stuff. Uh, we got the new Kill Team Salvation going up uh, for pre-order in a couple of weeks. It is Space Marine Scouts and brand new Striking Scorpion models. And yep. some interesting terrain. Yeah, interesting terrain in that you're doing uh, they're, they're like oil derrick platforms. Yeah, over over an ocean, and apparently there's no fucking rules for pushing people off the platforms into the ocean. Don't understand. Why why would you bother making the kill team on an ocean world if you can't take advantage of it? Who fucked up yeah. there at Games Workshop? I wonder. <laughs> yeah, I mean it'll be it'll be interesting, you know. It's more kill team. It's always a good thing. Yeah, new it, scout models other than, is nice. As I say, other than new striking scorpions and scouts, it doesn't feel particularly inspired to me or anything. But you know, if you have Space Marines one scouts or Eldar and one striking scorpions that are uh, not like twenty five years old, there you go. At least they still got Manda Blasters. That's, I mean, that's the soul of the box is the Manda Blasters yeah, and the big, uh, the big pinchy claw. Yeah, you gotta have the Manda Blasters. Do they have? Yeah, they do gotta have be. the claw. Good. Gotta have the claw. Uh, let's see. After that, we are getting some made-to-order stuff again, which I'm pretty interested mm-hmm. in. Uh, which is a round of Blood Bowl stuff. So they're doing human cheerleaders, orc cheerleaders, chaos cheerleaders, and dark elf cheerleaders, which were uh, Forge World-specific models and are apparently a massive pain in the ass to put together because they're very spindly. Except for the orc cheerleaders, who are apparently supposed to be bigger than the actual orc players, which is pretty hilarious. There's just something beautiful about that. <laughs> That's their great models. I'll have to see how much that they're selling them for because they are going up for pre-order this weekend. Um, they're also doing halfling and goblin referees and they're doing the mutated minotaur who has big pinchy claws instead of hands. So that is pretty fucking fun and he would go very well with those uh, Chaos Chosen metal guys that I got from Matt recently. So might have to nab him at the very least. Might end up picking up the orc cheerleaders as well, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it. They're pretty I was, funny. I was trying to find where the fuck to even find made-to-order stuff on the fucking website, but, you know. I think it'll probably just be on the splash page whenever it's up. Although I do really like the, uh, <laughs> the Chaos and Dark Elf cheerleaders, because the Chaos ones have, like... It's the eight pointed chaos star instead of pom poms. Kind of looks like a chakram or a weapon like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then the dark elves have pom poms, and then one that's just got a severed head instead of a pom pom. <laughs> so that's pretty fun and thematic. I like it. Very yeah. blood bull. Then really, the only other thing is we got a new Horus Heresy model, an Alpha Legion saboteur. It's a, it's a dude in a cape. We got a couple others. We got we also got the uh, the dark emissary who is a space marine with a stick. I don't know if he's supposed to be a psyker or what. He just he's a dude with a stick. Horus heresy. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Um, I think the only other big one is um, the House Delac gang for Necromunda is getting a rogue doc and a gang lookout model. Oh yeah. And this is. 
This is a really cool rogue doc. I like it a lot. You change the hair or the head on it, that would actually just be a really good stand-in rogue doc for pretty much any gang. Because he's just, yeah. he's got the normal Deloc trench coat, but he's got his uh, his apron full of gubbins and tools and stuff. So he, he could he could pretty easily change the coloring on him and give him like a helmeted head or uh, one that's not masked and goggled and pretty easily make him not look like a Deloc guy. Yeah. And then uh, we also got to vote on the yes. model of the year. So we'll get a vote to see which model will go with the likes of the 2018 Noise Marine, 2017 Mortarian, 2016 was Magnus the Red. I don't know why these are in a weird order like this. Abaddon was 2019. I didn't realize that model was that old. Yeah, I didn't either until I saw that. Uh, it must have been the very end of 2019. Gazgul Thraka at 2020. Bellacor, who was perfect for 2021 yeah. and the most recent the avatar of kane which as a decidedly not a big eldar fan that's just a gorgeous model there was it's a pretty no pretty pretty it. model uh still said no crabs have won we we got some really stiff competition this year there were some fucking awesome models that came out yeah there really were uh, you got you got any ones that you really want to point out that you thought were cool but you didn't vote for them? Cool but didn't vote for the lion, first of all. Yeah, which, yeah. Uh, I almost damn. voted for him. No, he was top three for sure. Like I had a few moments where I was deliberating where I'm just like, ooh, that is that's a real fucking good model. Oh, I might have to vote for it. Didn't end up in the end, but like top three easily. Yeah, I was looking at the lancer pretty heavily. Uh, I the Lancer I would have thought of more if uh, it didn't already come out in Forge World and Titanicus. Yeah, that's fair. What uh, what else you got? You got any others? There, there's two others that were like goddamn for me. Angron was a goddamn for me. That, that's a very cool model for sure. Uh, not quite as like mind blowing as the Lion, but just very good, very chaos. That very good job bringing that character to model. Yeah, the Caradron Overlord. Toric Linson, Admiral of the First Fleet, the dude who has the tiny Caradron Overlord model ship, the store anniversary model. A very fun one. It is. Well, not even a specific model, but just like the entire refresh of the Seraphon range came out this year. Yeah. And those are all gorgeous. Again, yeah. I've said it several times. If I'm starting an order army, it will be Lizardmen because it's so fucking good. Those are beautiful models. Mm -hmm. You should start a Lizardmen army and we could do an order combo at nova next year uh give me time to finish these heat nice and see what happens with these flesh eaters <laughs> heard then it was kind of a toss-up for me between the free guild command core for cities of sigmar which is just the boxo weirdos and thalia verda linus of the parch that is a really good one yeah holy fuck that is a really good one all those new Tyranids came out this year, too, so shout out mm -hmm. to all them. Those are all excellent sculpts. The fucking Norn Emissary, I mean, that is the model oh, that got God. me into Tyranids, yeah. so I guess that kind of, by default, has to be one of my top ones this year. Yeah, that just, there were so many good models that came out this year. It was legitimately fucking hard for me to pick one. Lord Solar came out this year for you. The best model there is if he had a different head. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, I gave mine a different head. Iron Jaws came out this mm -hmm. year. So big pig, a lot of range refreshes this year. Yeah, Blood Bowl Vampires came out this year. Blood I mean, it, it was it was a good fucking year. The new Chaplain and Terminator armor, which I'm a sucker for yeah. Terminators and I'm a sucker for Chaplains. And when you combine those, it's bad. 
Uh, and you had everybody's favorite stupid corridor runny bots. Oh, the runny bots. Oh, man. So uh, what did you end up going with, Andrew? Well, folks that know me know I do love me some fucking trolls. So, of course, I had to go trolls. with... I had to go with Trug for the Old struggle butt. Trug the Trogoth King. I mean, you give me a troll who's bigger and better than all the other trolls and in charge of the other trolls, of course, I'm going to love him. It also helps that he's a really, really cool model with a shitload of awesome detail. I'm legitimately surprised that last year the Avatar beat out King Broad. I think the only I, reason... There's probably... just more 40k players. Well, that and also King Broad is still based on the Mega Gargant kit. That's so, true. Not a whole new like kit. same body, same arms. It's just a new head and new weapon, which is really cool. I mean, it is a beautiful kit, but it is based off a pre-existing kit, which is like the only problem I even have with the gloom or the uh, the Mega Gargant range is because they're all the same model. So, Andrew, knowing me, what do you think I picked? Uh, the Dorn, obviously. Yeah, I did. I picked the fucking Rogel Dorn. It's my favorite goddamn model. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they gave you a fuck off big tank, and of yeah. course you're gonna pick the fuck off big tank. It's <laughs> like so the- cool. I feel like Angron has to win it, though, because Magnus and Mortarion have won their two years. God, that would be really funny. I actually don't think he'll win it this year, though. Like, I know a lot of people do like that model, and it is a legitimately good model, but... There's just been some real good fucking models. I think if if I had to pick one of the two, the Lion would probably be better than him for most people. Yeah, I think I think I'd agree with that. The Lion, I think, is probably the best model that's released this year, but I think the Dorn is my favorite model. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably really fair. The lion's the best. Trug is actually the best, though. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's that's Warcom and miniatures of the year. Yeah, good shit, good shit, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just want to kind of do a short little segment here. You know, we've now got two RTTs that our group has run under our belts. So kind of wanted to throw it out there to people that. If running an RTT is something you want to run, here's a couple of the things that we found out the hard way that you don't have to. So the best thing you can do is get you somebody who is very familiar with the rules, like our very own Dr. Chris, to be your TO, your tournament organizer, your guy who loves his fucking spreadsheets. He keeps track of who has what and where everything lives for our RTs, because right now it's spread all the fuck over the city. Uh, He also came up with our player packet and keeps that updated and runs our Best Coast pairing site and team side of it. So find you a venue. The venue, what you really want is it to be well lit, which I love how well lit our venue is that we use. Yeah. And this year it was even better because there was extra Christmas lights added onto it. It It was extra Christmas lights. It was festive as fuck, y'all. Yeah. And if the venue can provide tables and chairs, it will save you a shitload of money. We're lucky our venue is able to provide us tables and chairs. Uh, It even has a kitchen attached to it, which we haven't really used, but we've used the fridge for drinks. So the big ones, find you a TO, find you a venue. Then the next things you're going to need to do is make sure you've got mats and terrain for everybody. If you want to run a 20-person tournament, start small. Start with 12 or 16-person RTT. You're going to have some drops. You're probably not going to fill up your first one. So expect that, but still be ready just in case. So every table, you're going to need a mat and you're going to need a full set of terrain. The best thing you can do is have standardized terrain across all of the tables and leave them the way they are throughout the RT. So we did that, this one, and it was a huge, huge benefit because we're not having to move terrain around on every table. 
We had three different styles of table. We had uh, IT or four. We had GW standard, ITC, WTC medium, uh, and then one miscellaneous table. So all the tables were very similar on what they were. Terrain, tables, get all that set. If you can get to the venue the night before, you will save yourself so much effort. And try and get your local club to help you out with it, because that was a huge thing for us. Uh, last time we did the setup for our July one, I think the night before was me, Dr. Chris, and David, and that sucked ass getting that set up. This time it was what? It was me, you, Andrew, it was Ken, Dr. Chris, David, and Danielle, right? Did I miss anybody? Uh, it sounds right. Six of us? believe so. Yeah, so it took no time at all to get all that set up and everything. Everybody helps break down on it. Space out your tables well in the area. That way you've got space for the chairs. The last thing you want to do is just be ass to ass with everybody and try and move around them, especially when you have like long table side deployments. And one of the biggest things, fucking clean up after you leave the venue. You don't want to get thrown out of the venue or have a black mark on it. Yeah. Kind of hard That's to continue one. hosting them if you if you screw up your only avenue of uh, hosting the damn thing. Yeah. Um, best Coast Pairings is the best way to pair for a tournament. It does all of the work for you. You just have to set it up in it. But it will give you your round pairings. It will tell you who won, who lost. Like, it'll tell you your placings on who's, like, number one, number two, number three. It'll determine paths to victory. So, like, win-win-loss, win-loss-win, all that kind of stuff to help figure out who should play who to keep them evenly matched first round is random i I recommend running one of these tournaments it's a load of fun it is going to cost some money so either prepare to have a cover charge for it currently we run 30 for ours which helps us cover the venue and all the stuff we're buying because we're planning on expanding if we you know had everything we needed we could get by with like 20 for the venue like 15 to 20 per head for the venue but since we're planning on expanding we're building table toppers we're you know getting standardized terrain for everything it costs some money to do so either make sure your people are going to pay for the tournament or have everything you need already for it building up over the course of a year to it or something yeah which is which is what we've been doing and that's a huge thing Uh, if you need plans for table toppers or terrain feel free to email us at dice like ice podcast at gmail trent and i have now made like eight or so table toppers we've got templates that we use for our standardized terrain we'd be more than happy to help you guys run a tournament like straight up it's it's a lot of fun uh hell i've got enough random fucking stickers sitting around i'll even send you a pack of stickers to give to your people (laughs) some glitter stickers that are impossible to read yeah yeah Yeah. those 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 are just unfortunately no no eh, it it was like 18 bucks whatever we'll leave the cost on that ain't no big deal if you can do Uh, prize oh go ahead I was going to say a couple of quality of life things to maybe Mm -hmm. think about. Um, Make sure you put your venue in a place where food is available, or if not, uh, bring food for the people. Because nothing sucks more than not having to drive 30 minutes to go get food when you have an hour-long lunch break. Because then it's an hour of driving. Our first one, like, it's close to food. It's about 10 or 15 minutes away from places, which is entirely acceptable. But we weren't sure how the timing was going to work out, so... Uh, I bought a bunch of catering trays from work and we used those to feed people and people just chipped in for them. That was not super cost effective. If you catch my drift, um, I kind of came out losing a bit on that one, but whatever, it was fine. Everyone enjoyed it. 
So I'm not griping about it. But on the next one, since we wanted to roll that money into expanding, we just had people go out and get food. And I drove to the fucking Sonic up there and had, I think, nine people's orders. So I just went around and collected orders and money and went up there. And I thought the drive-thru lady was going to have a fucking heart attack when I just kept rattling off orders to her. But yeah, having food close by is a pretty big thing. Also, if it's not local people, telling them, hey, here's some places we recommend around that are quick. Yeah, and, you know, I if you live in the middle of bumblefuck mo- nowhere, maybe don't be the ones to host an RTT because you also need to have, like, potential options for housing. If you don't have a decent hotel or something around, maybe yeah. you're not the place to do it. You need, you need to have places where people from out of town can theoretically come and stay if they need to take a long weekend to come and play or, you know, like I said with the food, just, like, places to accommodate people from out of town. Another really good thing to do is get in with your local gaming store. See if they can provide price support. If they can't, that's not a big deal. You know, you can do like our, our initial plan was I just got some old minis and painted one gold, one silver, one bronze, stuck them on a piece of wood. And it was like, hey, we'll be able to give ter- uh, trophies or certificates out. But, you know, Joe was able to provide prize support. Talk to Steven was able to get some discounted dice for also more prize support. And that will keep people coming back. Like going to a tournament when you can come back and be like, hey, check out this trophy I fucking won to all your idiot friends. They then want to go beat you and win a trophy. Yeah. Or win a, a huge box of uh, the Leviathan launch set. Or what was the last one? The the Court of the Crimson uh, King. Court of the Crimson King with Magnus. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you know, it depends on your local area and what your prize support could potentially be, of course, and if you're, you know, chummy with a local, uh, uh, friendly local gaming store and owner or not, but, you know, if you if you have some halfway decent prizes as incentive, you'll, you'll get some people out there. Also, try and find other, like, local gaming clubs and run it with them. Uh, the, the other group that we go to their tournament, they come to ours, Cody and Ryan, they're the ones who came out this time, but, you know, me... Tao, Tim, Chris, and Justin drove out to Alabama for theirs. I would love to run a big event with their club. Unfortunately, they're three hours away. If they were closer, we could combine into one huge event. It'd be great. So, guys, if if, uh, if you're listening, hit me up. Always happy to see about expanding. Yeah, Trent's already determined he's going to open uh, the, the Dice Like I South Carolina chapter. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Just yeah, slowly so, take over the southeast. Yeah, exactly. Running a tournament is a load of fun, but it is also a load of work. Make sure you got chairs for people to sit in. Yes. Oh, my God. Also, Wi-Fi. You really want your venue to have Wi-Fi, if at all possible, or at least be somewhere where cell phone service is really good. Because the Best Coast Pairings app kind of sucks ass on a phone and works way better on a computer Whoever your TO is will almost definitely need to use a computer to put it in. So at least have good enough service where they can hotspot their phone to it. Probably the the biggest hiccup that we learned on our first one is we almost didn't have enough tables. Because if you have a topper, you only need one table for it. But if you don't have a topper, you're looking at two folding tables per table, which sounds weird to say. So if you're running a 16 table tournament you will need 32 tables let me rephrase that if you're running if you're running a 16 person tournament it would be played on eight gaming tables but you would need 16 folding tables for it yeah no but that's that's like 
uh, if you have a community center or something you can rent out or, you know, a civic center or something like that, that's the perfect place to do that because they already come pre-equipped with a lot of that equipment that you would need. You just need to bring a tabletop. Yeah, and or, that's or another not, thing to check for is when they, they say, yes, we have tables, make sure they are rectangular banquet tables and not round tables. Yeah, you don't want to show up and they just have like little coffee tables or something. Well, that was the thing is that the ag building, it primarily uses the round tables there. Yeah, you, you don't you don't want the little poker tables. So I have to make it very clear that I need banquet tables. Kudos, big shout out to Bogart for putting up with all of us idiots for these tournaments. And the mayor, when my key didn't work, so I called her at 8 o'clock on a fucking rainy Friday night and was like, can I come get a new key? And she just gave me the entire key ring to the city. And was like, it's this one. I was like, okay, I'll bring it back in a minute. I think that means you're the new mayor. Yeah, right? You keep what you kill. She has, she has passed the power on to you. I don't want to be the mayor of Bogart, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mom was on the city council for a while. She enjoyed that. There you go. And hey, you know, the the, the all-important thing to have for this sort of thing is a, a friendly attitude. That way you get yes. people in. They actually feel welcome to your tournament, and they go, hey, I want to play with those guys again. I had a great time. Yeah, it's that's a huge one. Like, I haven't, I don't even think anybody raised their voice at our tournament, like, unless it was to talk across a table. Yeah. Like, we, I didn't see get anybody get flustered. Sometimes. Yeah, but nobody got flustered or angry, even on, like, the top tables. No, was we definitely like had a rules argument or anything like that. We definitely had a couple of moments where it's like, oh, god damn it. But like in the, oh, that should have been a six, but it ended up being a one kind of way. Like yeah. it was, it was fun. It was good shouting. It was joyous shouting. <laughs> yeah. Like when fucking Shalaxi Hellbane killed my Abaddon. And I'm like, ah, god damn it. <laughs> yeah. God, man, you had some, some rough shit on that one. It was great. Ah, uh, wonderful. It's the best way to go 0 and 3. Exactly. Uh, Andrew, do you have anything else you want to, uh, to add on to that about things that you you would think that we need to add to the tournament no i think as of right now just with our our current size that we're shooting for we're, we're doing a pretty decent job with it the the real hurdle would be when we advance to a gt and doing multiple days yeah yeah that's definitely going to be the uh interesting it's one. a lot more a lot more logistics at that point yeah we'll make it happen we will we will so guys you know come out to our tournament we would love to have you all Keep an eye out for Best Coast Pairings listings, because uh, we, yep. we will have fun stuff in the future. Let's see. How many people do we have signed up for the March one right now? Do you know, Andrew? Like 15 or something already. Jesus Christ. Seriously? Yeah. Already almost filled up our fucking Q2 tournament? Q1 yeah, tournament? but it is way out. We're going to have some drops. Yeah. And, you know, it'll, it'll, we'll still have some postings by closer to March. We have 18. We have 18 of the 20 slots already filled. Okay. So I think the, I think the 15 was from yesterday when somebody was Jesus checking out the uh, White Elephant. Yeah. That's wild. Oh, yeah. There's names on here I don't recognize. Words getting round, baby. Hell yeah. But uh also want to give a big thanks to the listeners because we broke 2,000 downloads uh, at the very end of last month. So thank you guys for spreading the word. You know, giving us giving us the clicks and the shares on things. Drop us a drop us a review or a rating as well. That helps bump us up on the aggregators and helps more people listen to our idiot voices. Yeah, thanks for listening to us. Drink eight uh, percent beers and higher, and then ramble about stuff for most of two hours. Real bad. Do not. I don't know what other brews Hop and Frog is. Do not get their Christmas ale. Like, if you if you work for Hop and Frog and you listen to us, I'm sorry. It's just it's not my. I, it's not my can. I haven't. 
11% stout that I almost took to this one, but the 8% is already hitting me hard enough, so I'm real glad I didn't pick that one up. It was. I, uh, I have another uh, Christmas one, but I didn't pay attention to what the ABV on it is, so that'll be next episode. Was, um, Clown Shoes Brewing Imperial Stout is, that was aged in maple bourbon barrels or something. Oh, that sounds real good. Yeah, so that's that's probably what's going to be that knocks me on my ass on Saturday night after I get back from a Christmas party. So there you go. So there we uh, go. All right, Andrew, you got any uh, advice to leave the old listeners on? Uh, you know, short and sweet and simple. Try and get eight hours of sleep. It really helps your day be a lot better. See, this is the one advice I don't agree with you. Uh, if I get eight hours of sleep, I am super duper groggy and shitty the next day. But I'm also a sociopath, so I usually sleep on like four. See, I get that thing where uh, if I get eight hours, I'm rested. If I get six hours, I'm rested. If I get like seven, somehow that manages to completely fuck my day. Yeah, so that one's not great. All right, guys. Well, you heard it here first. Sleep as much as your body deems necessary. Yeah. Yeah, see, look at that, look at that. All right, whoa, guys, hey, thanks. Whoa, hey, hey, whoa, we almost whoa, forgot what? a thing. We got we got the socials, Tony. Oh, shit. Okay, well, we got to hurry because it's saying I'm running out of disk space to save this episode, so oh, fuck. fucking rattle, uh, rattle them off. Go, go, go. Dice Like Ice Podcast at gmail.com. It's the most consistent way to reach us. Uh, Instagram, I'm the Brush Goblin. He's Mediocre Minis Painter um, oh. with underscores. Uh, the Mediocre <laughs> Mini Painter. There we go. Uh, we have a Facebook, day, we have a Twitter. They're both horrible. We don't check them. Uh, Good night. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again for listening and have a good night, everybody. Bye. Thank you once again for listening. You can always contact us at DiceLikeIcePodcast at gmail.com or find us on our Facebook or Instagram, also under DiceLikeIcePodcast. We would also like to give a big shout out to Scarlet Saturn for use of their music in our show. It's over. Go home. Go.